Welcome to The Concierge CPA. I'm Jackie Meyer, founder of The Concierge Accountant Program and Tax Plan IQ software. This is a podcast for accounting firm owners and influencers who are pursuing world-class service. We discuss their path to excellence, their daily habits, and what influences them and their work. We believe that every person has a unique message that can positively impact the world. Stick around till the end of the show. We'll reveal how you can be our next guest in 15 to 20 minutes. Let's go, y'all. Welcome, welcome to this episode of the Concierge CPA. I have a a wonderful woman that I met last year on as our guest today. Her name is Alicia Pollock, and she is passionate about education in the accounting industry and probably uh, wider reach than that. Um, But we met at a really cool conference called Appy Camp. And um, it kind of brought together a bunch of different educators and people that were passionate about our space last fall. It was a really fun event. And so I, I'm glad to be able to talk to you more today. Welcome. Well, thanks for having me. I'm glad to be here. Of course. So I've got my kind of standard list of questions that I like to, to poke around at. But before we get into that, tell us a bit about you. I know you've been focusing in the education space. Did you have your own accounting firm at one point or how did you get into all this? I actually came in from the reverse end. I never had a bookkeeping firm or an okay. accounting firm. I actually started as a seventh grade English teacher. <laughs> and wow. So I've come into it from the training space, but my passion from literally the time I was 13 was computers. And so, you know, from just experimenting with them and trying them and using them and breaking them and really working it, and then combined with my love of helping people and my easy way of explaining things, it just kind of came together that I became a computer tech trainer. And I started with Microsoft Office, you know, 35 years ago, and then became an Apple specialist. And then when I was doing business consulting, everybody started asking me, well, can you can you help me with my QuickBooks? And at first I was like, oh no, I don't do that stuff. And then I was like, well, I use it for myself. I can show you what I know how to do. And then when I would start talking to bookkeepers, they were like, actually, Alicia, you've got some chops. <laughs> Maybe you should take a look at, at this. And it just, as as my practice grew and as the company grew, it just made more sense for me to focus on QuickBooks full-time. Yeah. Okay. So you kind of fell into it in a way, but it was a, a high demand area that your business owners wanted help with. Okay. Very high demand. Yeah. And then more people I guess, needed help with QuickBooks than they did with Microsoft Word. Sure, sure, yeah. And then I guess that kind of expanded even more. Maybe the word got out to accounting firms themselves that they're like, "Hey, we, you know, we could use some of your help here and training and education." Yeah, it actually I owe a lot of it to social media that when I first started putting this QuickBooks training program together, it was focused on my clients. It was focused on the small business owners and teaching them how to use it. And I realized, you know, as a familiar story that I found myself explaining the same set of steps over and over again. So I'm like, hey, why don't I just record this class? Mm -hmm. And I've been doing this so long that I was teaching live classes and 
you know, had this fantasy, like, what if I could film this and put it out there for everyone to see? And then YouTube was invented and then social media was invented and it, it just, you know, got easier and easier. So with, when I first started posting my videos on social media, my goal was specifically small business owners, but then all the conversation and all the algorithms and all the comments were from bookkeepers. And so social media just kind of five years later threw me smack dab in the middle of the bookkeeping accounting training world. Okay, cool. And do you, well, <laughs> who do you enjoy working with the most? Do you like working with small business owners? Do you like working with accountants or is it a good mix of both? It's a pretty good mix of both. For the business owners, it's a matter of relief because what I'm doing is I'm going in and I'm finding, rooting out all the mistakes in their books and fixing them so that they don't have to fix them. And then I train them on how to do it right so that the errors don't recur. So it's like bookkeeping therapy. Yeah. Um, and then for the bookkeepers, increasingly my practice has been about supporting and training bookkeepers and so i actually help bookkeepers work on their client files and so i'm kind of like the the coach or the little owl sitting on their shoulder saying you know oh wait if you do it this way you're going to get this result what do you think yeah. and um i've really enjoyed it's been it's been really satis satisfying it's been probably about 2 years that i've really leaned in on that space and really tried to um develop that part of the practice but there's really nothing like talking to somebody who already has experience and really just taking them up to the next level sure okay and your website is royalwise.com and so i was kind of checking out the different components you have um, you've got like, C you have some CPE offerings, you have some general, you know, Microsoft Office offerings. What's kind of your passion or which, which is your favorite course that you like to do? Well, my favorite courses are the QuickBooks courses. And okay. the the thing that I've been having a lot of fun with and actually have become kind of known for are the QuickBooks hacks, the, the tips and tricks and the time-saving techniques. Nice. And the things that you don't discover on your own when your head's down and you're just getting it done. Like, you know, I've never clicked that button. What does it do? Okay, very cool. Uh, what is like the ultimate, what's like a great QuickBooks hack that you're like, this is going to save you a lot of time. Um, I really, oh, there's so many of them. Um, <laughs> one of my favorite ones is in the banking feed, going into the little grid gear, the little baby gear right above the grid on the right-hand side and going through those options and especially turning on the one that puts the bank detail in the memo because then all of a sudden your bank detail becomes searchable. And then you can also show it in the grid as well, instead of looking at the AI description where they'll, they'll take anything and turn it into their best guess, which is usually wildly wrong. You can actually just work off of the bank detail. Okay. I did know. not know that. Um, so that's really cool info for me. I'm sure a lot of <laughs> listeners were like, oh, awesome. I love it. Okay. Um, let's talk a little bit about AppyCamp. And maybe your experience with that and how you got involved, because it's it seems like such a really cool initiative. Yeah, I've known Liz and Heather for years. Um, I'm one of Intuit's national training team, the, the road show, the people who travel around the country back when we were allowed to travel around the country um, right. doing, the, doing the live certification training webinars. And so I've known them for a long time. And 
you know, education training is my heart and soul. And when they came up with Appicamp, I'm like, oh, this is awesome. Let me go ahead and apply. And I got rejected. (laughs) And I was heartbroken. I'm like, I'm looking at the list of all the names of all the people who are going like, wait, these are my people. These are my friends, not just my colleagues, but these are the people that I hang out with uh, online. And I asked Heather about it and she said, well, it's really designed for people, for trainers from bookkeeping firms. And I had checked that I'm not a bookkeeping firm because technically I'm not a bookkeeping firm. Sure. But I do bookkeeping all day and all night. Right. So I reapplied. I was like, I was watching that. They were doing a live stream where they were talking about all the things to expect. And I'm like, tears running down my face. And I'm like, oh my God, I feel so left out. I have to be there. So I reapplied and I checked off, yes, I'm an accounting firm. And Heather got back to me. She's like, oh, thank God you reapplied. I couldn't tell you to reapply, but I'm glad that you did. Okay. That's awesome. Yeah. And so their whole vision, um, is how would you describe it like in an elevator pitch so to speak it's an opportunity for people in the quickbooks and intuit training space to come together to compare notes and supplement each other and create strategic partnerships and alignments that you know when i was getting into this space you know 10 years ago i was concerned about competition like you you go on youtube and it, you know you search for anything quickbooks and hector comes up and i'm like oh god there's no way i'm ever going to be able to get traction he's got it all locked in and he would reassure me like no alicia there's room for everybody there's room for everybody and and you know and i'd see veronica out there and some and other trainers and what's been neat over time is watching how people's interests diverge that originally we were all teaching QuickBooks fundamentals. And now, you know, Hector's off doing advanced reporting and Veronica's doing pricing and cleanups. And um, all of my colleagues are kind of specializing. And I decided that I wanted to like kind of own the QBO basics training space, which is a challenging space to be in because you wind up spinning your wheels that the software changes so often that you have to constantly re-record and update and update and re-record your materials. Yeah. Uh, Sometimes every six months, two years is an absolute maximum. And so I was like, you know, nobody should have to waste their time doing it. Let me waste my time doing it. And so that really became the core of um, of my practice and my day-to-day. And so going to Abbey Camp for me was fantastic because it was all about conversations about how we can help each other. That, you know, you, you hear about the analogy of, of a rising tide floats all boats or, you know, not wanting to, in Royal Wise, we say that it's not about fighting over slices of the pie. Let's just bake a bigger pie that there's plenty nice. for I like everybody. That. And so I spent my time at Appicamp really developing strategic partnerships with uh, with firm owners and other trainers so that we could um, not, you know, if we're all on the same highway together training QBO, how do we not bump into each other? How do we kind of all go and draft together and support each other? For sure. Yeah. So this was the first year that they offered it and they covered everyone's costs, which was amazing yeah. through the sponsorship opportunities. So if anyone's listening that is interested in applying, you can go to appyhourcamp.com. And I really enjoyed, just like you mentioned, I enjoyed the kind of partner vendor relationships. So not only was Intuit there, but we had ADP, Practice Ignition. It was so cool to meet the head of their US uh, group. And Carbon, Ian, is 
you know, just a really, really cool guy. I'm hoping to kind of partner with them a little bit more um, from the tax plan IQ perspective of my mm-hmm. software too. Right. And then there was, who else? We had like Giraffe, which I always ben, know. Ben Stein from Keeper. Yes. Ben yeah. from Keeper, who's yeah. super passionate, like coming out of nowhere app that I think is going to really dominate our field, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I'm adopting it myself as, as we speak. Oh, um, and, cool. and Royal Wise was actually a sponsor too, but we were kind of like a, a micro sponsor. Okay. We gotcha. sponsored the, we sponsored the airport shuttle. Oh, nice. <laughs> well, thank you. Thank you for that. <laughs> I appreciate it. Now the ride, uh, to Appy Camp was great. The ride back to the airport was so early in the morning and I was so tired because I need like mm. 10 hours of sleep a night. So I was just snoozing the whole time and, but you know, it all worked out. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, I would highly recommend anyone that wants to get involved in, you know, um, accounting education and whatnot. And I'm kind of surprised they even actually let me in because I'm the tax gal and not really the bookkeeping side of things. And I probably got a little annoying talking about taxes and tax planning the whole time, but it was so cool to be around all these different people that had all these little, like little niches and specialty interests. Well, you know, the, the contribution of the tax conversation is actually critical because there's two reasons for using QuickBooks. One is to pay your taxes and the other is for business operations and analysis. And a lot of bookkeepers know where to put the transactions, but don't know all the tax implications. And so, you know, that's where having tax people in the space is really important and helpful. Yes. I love that. That's a great explanation. Okay. So let's uh, shift gears a little bit and let's talk about a big problem in our industry, which is a lot of people retiring, Mm -hmm. not as many people coming into the field. Mm -hmm. How do we solve this problem? Do you have solutions for us? Do you have like, um, I mean, training obviously is a huge aspect of this. The firm spends so much money training people, right? Right. And then you don't know if they're going to stick around, but if you don't train them, they're definitely probably not going to stick around. And they're not going to so do a good job. <laughs> yeah. It's a vicious cycle, right? So really me, I know you're passionate about this. Tell me your thoughts on it. Yeah. I mean, with the great resignation going on, we have a complete shift in our, um, in the, in our accounting culture as well as the field. And even if you look back five or 10 years, people were coming out of accounting programs, still not prepared to work in this, actually do hands-on right? work. There's no <laughs> software training, right? You know, they'll yeah. teach you the debits and credits, but they don't teach you that in QuickBooks Online, you don't use debits and credits. Yeah, you I mean, I think- in, and You don't use journal entries. Yeah, in my undergrad, we got like a couple weeks exposure to Peachtree, which I never used in practice. It was always QuickBooks, right? Mm-hmm, right. Right. And so that's one element that I'm leaning in on. And then the other one is, like you've said, there's not, people aren't going into accounting programs anymore. There's, you know, high schoolers don't go, Ooh, I want to be an accountant. <laughs> and the people who are turning to accounting are job changers and stay at home moms who are looking for more to do and, um, you know, better use of their skills. And traditional education environments aren't going to work for them. And the fact that the world has now embraced virtual training is a godsend. I mean, like I said, I've been doing training now for 15 years. When I started, it was in this location at this time. 
with a wish of, boy, do I wish I could make this available anytime, anywhere. And so we're at this crossroads now where we have this amazing opportunity to reach new people in new ways with new forms of training. And whether it's, and with that whole dynamic, when a firm is hiring somebody new, do they already have training in place? Is that training up to date? Is that the best use of their time? You know, my job, as far as I see it, is to keep people from recreating the wheel over and over and over again with their trainings. I love that. I I hate seeing firms recreating the wheel, and I see it so often across so many different niches and service offerings. And I'm not sure exactly why. I maybe we're a little bit know-it-alls. I don't. <laughs> but um, there's so many solutions out there where you've done all the hard work, right? right. And they just seem to watch a few hours of videos to get caught up to speed. And I'm the kind of performer, as it were, where I'm all about the information as well as a little bit of entertainment value. Like if you watch one of my videos, we don't spend the first 10 minutes getting warmed up and getting settled down. I just like go straight in. Oh, and good. The, I, like, I like getting to the point. <laughs> yeah. And I, I have a great way of explaining things. We joke that I'm a good explainer, uh, but it's. You are a good because explainer. I, because, <laughs> yeah, because, because I can articulate cleanly. And because now with video, if there's something you need to see again, you can just rewind and go watch that section again. Mm -hmm. And so my trainings are like, how much information can I fit in this one hour frame or this three hour frame? How many tips and tricks can I give you? What are all my best practices and practical suggestions? And there's no way you're going to come out of one of my trainings remembering everything, but that's where the videos come in so that you can go back and rewatch them. And we came into it with a learning management system instead of just Thinkific or Kajabi. It's not about, hey, I'm a coach. Let me market my services. We're really trying to be a training portal. And so when you take a class with me, it has a class discussions forum. It's also evergreen that because it's QuickBooks and it refreshes all the time, every time I re record the new version of it, you get that for free. So you buy it once and you've got lifetime access to, you know, what's it going to look like five years from now? Something completely different. Okay. And that's also why you mentioned my CPE. That's also why it was really important to me to legitimize my content and to, it's almost like a BBB um, badge that sure. like, this is acceptable, authentic, accurate training. Um, right now we're authorized for our webinars. So if you take a one of my webinars live, you get the CPE credit, but we are in the final stages of evaluation for the on-demand courses as well, which okay. means that you can take any one of my courses and then you just, as long as you take all the quizzes, then you get CPE credit as well. Cool. And so outside of QuickBooks, Microsoft Office, I do want to mention that you have other general business app offerings too. So I saw you have... Evernote training, Dropbox training, social media training. What what all goes into social media training? <laughs> well, I have to admit that those are beginning to age out a little bit. Um, it's okay. been a while since I've re-recorded any. You actually named like the three of my oldest classes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so what's in there is is really fundamentals 
Uh, so like, what is Dropbox and how do you use it? What is Evernote? Why do I care? That that Got kind it. of thing. And then the social media class was, that one is actually from our Apple library, technically, where I was teaching senior citizens, what is this fancy Facebook stuff? And what's the difference between, between Facebook and Twitter? So, Aww. you know, I, honestly, I wouldn't recommend those classes to anybody listening to this. Well, I think, that way others I think there's probably them. still a need for that market. <laughs> I don't know if they're podcast listeners, but you know, you never know, right? <laughs> We actually just started a podcast. My husband is my business partner and he yeah, does what I, I do for that QuickBooks. That's, that's cool. Yeah. What I do for QuickBooks, he does with Apple. And so he just started a podcast called JMac Fixes Everything, which is Ooh. available on Apple Podcasts and all the places, including our YouTube channel. And in it, one of the classes that he's teaching for his Apple curriculum right now is podcasts, how to find podcasts, choose podcasts, listen to podcasts. And so we're trying to bring up all the seniors into the podcast world too. Yeah. Oh, that's so cool. And say the name of the podcast one more time. J-Mac fixes everything. Okay. And then is your YouTube channel Royal Wise or is okay. it a different? Okay. Yeah, it's Royal yeah. Wise. Yeah. I want people to be able to find you there. Uh, which social media platform are you the most active on? Well, I'm the most active on Facebook uh, because like, you know, I was keeping in touch with people outside my direct sphere and, uh, but over time, my Facebook feed has become 90% accounting and 10% social. So, um, that's still where I spend most of my time. I, mean, I have accounts in all the places, but I have so little free time that I hit Facebook and then I, you know, check out again, but you know, yeah. you can find us on Twitter at, at Royal Wise and you can find us on Instagram at Royal Wise, but I don't spend my time there except posting pictures of my D&D &D figures that I paint. <laughs> oh, gotcha. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I've noticed that trend myself. Um, we've got the Facebook group that's become pretty strong accounting from influencers, but from a personal perspective, there's not a whole lot of time to just kind of scroll through, see what's going on. And so I see less and less personal posts and more stuff about professional things, mm -hmm. and, but I think it's really helpful for our profession. So I, you know, I think it's a good direction. Yeah. I mean, I, I like it because that's where a lot of my professional education is both coming from and going to. So I fully appreciate it for that. But, you know, after 15 years, I'm right now at that point where I'm like, okay, too much electronics, too much technology, too much mm -hmm. social. And so I'm actually finding myself beginning to back off and go read more books again. Like I used to, I used to go read, I used to write, and I haven't been doing that because it's been all social media scrolling for 15 years. And I finally, just in the last couple months, I literally went, wait a minute, what am I doing? Mm -hmm. Okay. Yes, it's important for furthering my profession and my goals to help people and make a difference, but I'm not getting sourced by it in the same way that I was for the first 10 years of novelty. And now I'm going back and actually reading at night and sure. writing in my journal and painting little micro mini figures and spending a little less time digging around on Twitter and, you know, and 
Yeah. Rolling it, aimlessly. <laughs> it's definitely got its kind of mental health toll on you to only see certain versions of what people want to talk about on different platforms. And I found myself doing the same over the last couple of years, going back to hardcover books instead of even Kindle, which mm -hmm. I was like obsessed with for so long. But you're like, there's only so much screen time that we can all get around right. here. I remember, I remember when Kindle first came out or when I first started reading books on my iPad, I was like, oh man, I miss pages and having like turning pages and feeling the paper. It's not the same, but then the flip side happened. I actually, the reason why I got my iPad is because I was reading Neil Stephenson, whose books are literally a thousand pages long. And when I was reading the series, I realized that I was devoting literally a foot and a half of space on my shelf to books that I was going to read once or maybe twice if I was lucky. Uh -huh. And that was a lot of real estate in my house for one-time reads and yeah. you can't take them out of the library because they're too long. You can't finish them in the time that you have. And that's when I started moving over to digital reading. And, but I read with my pencil in my hand and I make comments on all my pages and notes, notes in the margins. Yeah, that's cool. Okay. Um, so I, sometimes I'll ask guests, when's a good time to kind of start a business or start an accounting firm? But I want to put a little different spin on it with you because you see, you work with a lot of small businesses and accounting firms. Yeah. Where are you seeing these firms and businesses thriving? And I don't know if you want to focus more on the accounting firm side first or just businesses in general, but like, what are the common traits or common directions that you're seeing these companies become really successful for? Well, there's more room in the market for everybody in both. For the business owners, COVID was such a big wake up about are you living your passion that people are getting away from the traditional career path and thinking about what they love to do, what are they passionate about, what are they good at, and actually going and starting their own businesses for them. At the same time, on the other end of the spectrum, the bookkeeping firms have been coached for years to start doing value pricing and price yourself for what you're worth. And what's happening is that the pricing um, along with the, 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 <laughs> the fact that people are leaving the industry and at the same time raising their prices, there's now this giant gap in the, in the industry that micro businesses can't afford the accounting services and the accounting services don't want to treat the little guy. And so there's that gap in that middle. And that's where I see a lot of room for those, those career switchers and stay-at-home moms and people who don't necessarily want to join a firm to step in and be able to do light bookkeeping and micro bookkeeping and get that training so that they're doing it right and not just winging it and making mistakes. Mm hmm. Okay. Gotcha. Okay. So you mentioned um, an author that I've never heard of. I, I'm, I tend to be very obsessed with like self-help books or business books. Tell me more about kind of your favorite authors, favorite books. What's something that you think every listener should go out and read right away? The Four Agreements by Don Miguel Ruiz is okay. my number one recommendation. Have you read it? No, but Ooh. I've heard of it. So yeah, it, it's a, it's a small little book. They actually like Barnes and Noble treats it as a novelty book, but oh my God, it's so not, uh, but it's, 
we we buy copies for our employees and our and our clients like it's required reading in our business and it's also the framework which has allowed myself and my husband to be successful business partners and life partners together that the four agreements themselves are number 1 be impeccable with your word number 2 don't make assumptions mm-hmm. number 3 don't take things personally and number four, always do your best. And he he goes into each one and breaks down what it means, but it's been an amazing communication tool because Jamie and I can break down any conversation that we're having and say, oh, well, you're making assumptions or I'm taking that personally and cut through the emotional and get right back to a, a boarding conversation that makes a difference. Yeah, you know, I'm I'm... I'm looking around thinking I probably have that book in my office, my library here. And I think someone gave it to me and I never read it. So I'm going to have to look for that. Absolutely Um, do. It's a game changer. Yeah, no, that sounds awesome. I I think everyone definitely appreciates recommendations like that. Yeah, it's a little quick read. So anybody who's intimidated by big books, you don't have to be. It's all natural language. Yeah. And I like that you have your team read it and, you know, give it as gifts, that kind of thing. How big is your team? Uh, We have, depending on how you count, we have four and four full-time, including myself and my husband. We have one employee who's a 10 hour a week that we're waiting to bring on full-time. And then my 14-year-old daughter works for me occasionally. Okay. And is that your only child? No, I have a son as well. Okay. And how old is he? Uh, So he's 16 and my daughter's 14. Very cool. Okay. So you're going through the teenage years. Um, Mm -hmm. Any advice for people on (laughs) how to deal with that? (laughs) Well, we, we raised our kids from an early age with lots of communication and lots of flexibility. Like we love talking about emotions and what you're going through and how to navigate through it. And my kids have discovered that their parents are actually pretty darn cool and they kind of lucked out. So we're not having the the teenage year trauma that a lot of parents go through, uh, that it's never too late to have really good, solid, positive communication, but it always has to be from a place of not breaking the person down, but building them up. And that's, you know, in the heat of a crisis, it's hard to remember that. Um, And so that's my best advice is what's the long-term goal? What are the learnings for both of you? And what's your role as well in the learning? You can't just come down and say, this is how I see it. And this is how it is. You have to start from where they're at and figure out where it meshes. Sure. And do your kids practice the four agreements at all? Yeah. Okay. I was going to say, I mean, it sounds like such a good core principle. I need to bring it up to my nine-year-old and six-year-old and they'll eventually probably grasp the concept. Both both my kids have a copy. As kids, they're a little bit more resistant to it, but because we bring it up in normal conversation, you know, oh, oh, that didn't didn't work out. Did you do your best? Oh, you did? Okay. Well, sorry, it didn't work out the way you wanted it to. Yeah, I like that. Okay. Um, So we talked a bit about a lot of specialties that you have in regards to education and training and computer skills. What's one particular thing that comes to mind that maybe advice that you would give to our listeners as to how they could become more solid in those areas, something like that? 
Well, with the QuickBooks training component of it, you know, I mentioned that I have a learning management system and what that has allowed us to do is offer computer training, whether it's QuickBooks or Apple training, in a way that is flexible enough that it really works for everybody, whether it's a, a one shot, you just have this, you know, how do I do the sales tax module in QBO? Boom, there's a class for that. Or if you have somebody who isn't, who you have a new employee and they're not certified in QBO, but they're not getting it through QB training, um, the qbtraininggevents.com isn't enough for them. I have a whole program that starts from, I've never seen QuickBooks before, all the way up through closing journal entries at, you know, for year-end close. And we've made the system so that whether it's a live or on-demand, or whether it's a one shot or a deep dive into the library, we have memberships, right? I have got my bronze membership are like the four core business classes that every QuickBooks user needs. You know, the fundamentals bootcamp, how to use the banking feed, how to reconcile and how to run your reports. So that, that's our bronze. And then our silver is full access to the entire library and the community. And then the gold level also includes an hour of coaching with me every single month. And because, again, it's software, mm -hmm. it's not like just a general coaching um, soft skills. It's hard skills. It's like, let's look at your file and what you're doing and how can we improve those workflows. And my goal with all of this is that the CPA firms, when they're hiring or a bookkeeping firm, when they're hiring a new bookkeeper and they need them to get trained quick, mm -hmm. we have a path for it. And it's a tried and true path with CPE credit. And what we just introduced in 2022, which has been really, really cool, we have a couple of people who have started using it, is we now have the ability to create custom branded white labeled training portals, where the core mm -hmm. of it is our Royal Wise curriculum, but you have your own logo, your own colors, and it's a landing place for you to send either your staff who need training or value added for your clients. You can say, hey, as a benefit of working with me, we give you access to this training portal. And then you just add people in and build the cost into your pricing. And yeah, what yeah. what portion of accounting firms out there are you seeing that's providing this like client level training? Is it like 10%? Is, is it growing a lot more than that? I can't even venture to give you a percentage for what it is, but I know that that's a sticking point for a lot of firms because mm -hmm. training takes time. People, you have to explain it in a lot of different ways so that everybody gets it. And then people, you tell them one thing, but they're not going to get it the first time. And sometimes it takes three or four times of explaining it. And so uh, some people try and do training, but they're not good educators. Like mm -hmm. you can be excellent at using QBO. You can be a wizard, but it does not mean that you are going to be able to train somebody else to use it. Sure. And so that's kind of the thought behind this portal that we're putting together that, you know, if you build it, they will come, that this is a place that firms, instead of, again, recreating the wheel and trying to have their own training department, is that the best use of your trainer's time? Like, are you pulling people off of client engagements in order to have them train business owners or train the, the, uh, the, the, train the bookkeepers or train the business owners? Well, mm -hmm you know, par partnering with us allows you to get the best of both worlds. Yeah. Uh, I was thinking back on when I first started offering education and what 
almost completely held me back. I'm curious if this happened to you was perfectionism (laughs) and just being so concerned that because I wasn't 110% on every tiny little thing that I brought to the table in the education that it was going to all like crash and burn. Did you ever have that kind of concern for yourself and how did you overcome that? Well, you know, imposter syndrome is a thing. <laughs> sure. But it's that's one of the reasons why it was really important to me to get the CPE authorization from NASBA and you know, know that what I was doing was accurate and having it reviewed by accounts. Like everything that I teach has been reviewed. Mm-hmm. Which isn't to say that I don't occasionally say something that's incorrect, but we'll either if I find out, I'll go back and edit it edit the video again or build it into the next time that I teach it that I'm always trying to improve my content and my delivery and because it is QuickBooks and I do have to record it fairly frequently it just allows us to improve our content and our delivery over and over again and you know I'm sure there's you know there's not one way some things have one way to do it and mm-hmm. other things have several different ways of doing it and I try mm-hmm. to actually bring in all the all the ways like you could do it like this or you could do it like this so that people can find the scenario that really works for them okay yeah that makes sense and what what's kind of a lesson learned of your career that you think everyone should kind of uh get on board with or know about or you know would be helpful for anybody Can you ask that again? (laughs) (laughs) So kind of like one lesson your job or career has taught you that you think everyone should know at some point in their life. Well, for me, one of my biggest epiphanies was that done is better than perfect. Okay. That because I really do want the ultimate in solutions and experiences for myself and for my clients and especially if it came to putting a course together or working on my website, I would be constantly tweaking little things here and there like, oh, that'll make this better. That'll make this better. And I finally went, wait, but is this affecting my bottom line or is this a deal breaker for people? Mm -hmm. Is this, is this word instead of that word going to cause somebody not to take the course? Mm, No, (laughs) it's not. And I finally said, okay, if this is acceptable and Uh, still excellent. I'm not saying to lower standards, but the propensity to constantly tweak and refine and revisit something that you've already done to perfect it even better. Are you better off with your time going and creating something new? Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. I think kind of reminds me of a recent pain point I had where I was offering this brand new 10 days to closing a tax plan challenge. It was the first time I ever offered it. I put all over the website. This is the first time we're offering this, you know, give us a little grace. And I mentioned in one sentence, somewhere in thousands of pages or video material that you can easily max out a client's like non-cash charity on their tax return. Well, that's from my perspective because I work with high net wealth. And high net wealth in a suburban area are easily going to have, you know, thousands of dollars of stuff that they give away each year. But I had people attacking me online about how like that doesn't apply to everyone. And that's, you know, fraudulent for her to say that and all this stuff, but you have to just keep moving forward. You know, I went back, I clarified the materials. 
Right. And I'm just moving on. Right. And so if people want to pick, pick your stuff apart, so be it, but you got to focus on all the good that you're doing. Right. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's going to be things where you, you've, maybe you forget a little bit of context about here's the situation where this applies, but at the same time, acknowledging that you're human and that we're all learning and growing makes a difference. Like I remember the the second time that I spoke at QuickBooks Connect, I was doing a tricky situations class and I was showing how what to do for negative deposits. And I had a two-step process and somebody in the audience said, well, why don't you just put this on this line right here and that'll save you a step? And I was like, oh my God. I hadn't thought about that. Okay, everybody scrap what I just said. Listen to her. We're going to do it her way from now on. And then I built that into my next iteration of the course. Very cool. I love that you just like kind of took that openly and accepted it. And then you're like, let's do it, you know, versus there's a lot of people out there that are going to be like, get very defensive, right? And think mm -hmm. like, oh, well, no, you know, I, I'm not going to do that. So and I, I think that might have been have. I, I think that might have been a lot of people's natural reaction to get mm -hmm. defensive and to put up a barrier. And you know, sometimes it's a matter of not being able to think on your feet to decide if that is a valid option, but sometimes it's just that defensiveness. And I actually did see in my course evaluations people actually complimented me on that. Nice. Like yeah. she didn't get mad. She wasn't upset. In fact, she liked the solution and People appreciate that about me that, you know, I love it when I learn from the audience. I love it when somebody asks a question to me that makes me think about something in a new way. In fact, I usually have a stack of books up uh, of my, my books up with me. And if somebody like totally, you know, shifts my thinking, I'll hand them a book as a reward. It's like, thank you. <laughs> Very cool. Yeah, I love it. Yeah. So your humbleness kind of sh shined through or shone through and people appreciated that. That's really cool. Okay. You gave us a QuickBooks hack earlier. Is there another kind of life hack or computer hack, or it could be QuickBooks again, because you said there were so many, but like, what's a really cool, like productivity hack that, that you like to do? There's no way that I could ever go back to working on just one monitor. Again, I ah, have to have okay. a 32 inch monitor or even better three different monitors that I can trade things off on. Yeah. But even beyond that, once you have that, using a Windows management app, and I don't mean Windows like Mac versus PC. I mean, like if I'm on my Mac, there's an app called Moom, M-O-O-M, that allows me to program the green maximize button so that I can tile all of my apps that are open. Cause I work in a dozen apps all at the same time. Ah. So I took my monitor system and I set all of the apps exactly where I'd want them to be. If it was kind of like a control panel. Yeah. And then I told it to save it. And now when I'm working in the clutter, I can just go just, I can just click the green button and it will go distribute all of my windows across all of my monitors. That is super cool. And so do you know what like the Windows version of that kind of app would be or? <laughs> I should, but I don't. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. I'll look it up. I've got a, lot, a list of things I need to look up after this discussion because it's all really good stuff. Um, all right. So we're, we're coming up on the, the top of the hour here and we could probably talk all, all day and night about all these cool hacks and um, education and QuickBooks and stuff like that. 
but uh, I know we all probably have other things we need to do besides listen to podcasts. So um, <laughs> on that note, any final words of advice? Um, how do people contact you after this if they'd like to connect or you know get engaged with your services? Yeah, absolutely. So you mentioned my website, royalwise.com. It's royal like a queen and wise like an owl. Uh, okay. But my learning portal itself is at learn.royalwise.com. And so that's where you can go in and dig in and see all the classes and see all of the services that we offer, like, you know, when you're in and using it. Mm-hmm. And um, our, uh, you can email us at info at royalwise.com or just fill in our contact form. Uh, we have a dedicated support team, you know, shout out to um, Jeff and Peyton who do an absolutely amazing job that when you call us, we do a needs assessment with you. We find out what it is that you're looking for and then how we can best support and serve you. And, you know, like I said, what, don't recreate the wheel. If you are looking for QuickBooks training or you're looking for Apple training for your Macs and iPads and iPhones, we've got it all ready to go. You can sit down right now and start learning. Perfect. Okay. Um, all right. Final question. How do you get along with your husband in work all the time? <laughs> well, yeah, fortunately we're not next to each other side by side all day. <laughs> we do the same, we do the same thing, but we do it with different populations of people. Yeah. And so at night, it's always stories to tell. There's a little bit of business management, a little bit about, hey, do you remember this client? This just happened. Um, it always gives us something to talk about, which is really cool. We get to tax deduct our dinners because we'll go out to dinner and we'll chatter about work. Yeah. And so for us, it just works. That's awesome. Yeah. I've been trying to convince my husband. He's been at Fidelity as like financial advisor and planner, but he does so much customer support type stuff for t- over 20 years. I'm like, you need to come over to Tax Plan IQ, be our like customer success person. He's like, we cannot work together. <laughs> well, that's where the four agreements comes into play. Okay. Yeah. Like not, not being, not making things such like an absolute, I guess, and mm-hmm. doing best, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, cool. All right, Alicia, thank you so much for your time today. Take care of yourself. Okay. Yeah, you too. Thanks so much for having me on. All right. Thank you for listening to the Concierge CPA hosted by Tax Plan IQ. We believe that every person has a unique message that can positively impact the world. If you are a successful accounting firm owner or influencer who would like to be on this program, please visit JackieMeyerCPA.com, J-A-C-K-I-E-M-E-Y-E-R-C-P-A.com to apply. Please share this on social media and rate us so we can continue our good work. Join our Facebook group called Accounting Firm Influencers or connect with me on most platforms under Jackie Meyer CPA. Thanks for being accountable to transforming our industry today.